thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. We're going to go to Jeremiah uh, chapter 48. Jeremiah chapter 48. A little while back, we kind of thinking of a, a heading that for this particular time as we wrap up our Wednesday evening uh, service times for this particular year. And uh, we thought about the word transformation, and that means a lot, transformation. Pastor Blake opened it up last week kind of with an introduction about transformation, the need of transformation, what it will do for all of us. And I actually was headed a, uh, not so much in a specific uh, another direction altogether, but I thought about something, and, uh, and hopefully you understand that uh, I thought about a book I wrote <laughs> a lot of years ago called If It's Not Broken, Break It. Now, I don't know how many of you remember this or were around then, but it's all about, guess what? transformation. It really is. It's all about change. Matter of fact, the working title for this particular book is um, Change the Stairway to Spiritual Maturity. The ch uh, change the stairwell. And I've always believed that. If I were to uh, look at a major theme in my particular walk with the Lord that I've kind of always have gotten back to or have rallied around in the scriptures and in my teachings and preaching has been on the subject of uh, change, transformation, sanctification. Uh, in other words, the saints move on from salvation to becoming more like Christ. Uh, salvation is not the end of it. Matter of fact, the salvation is only the beginning of it. And what a beginning it is. Uh, and there's a transformation, there's an initial transformation that takes place. And matter of fact, all of us, if we look to that initial transformation, we say, wow, that was a lot of change in just a few weeks or a few days or a few months. But we begin to realize that our whole journey is a walk of consistently and constantly moving from one level to another level with our Lord. And it happens through the process of transformation or change. So if you allow me, and it really doesn't matter if you allow me or not, I'm going to do it anyway, uh, because I have the mic. And now, okay, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to use the book for the next four weeks. Okay, I'm going to look at it. I looked at it today, reread it, and uh, kind of thought, you know, that's a bad. <laughs> you know, there are some truths that just never change. And uh, so, biblical truths especially, and uh, man's idea of truth changes all the time because they don't have the right idea of truth, change or truth. But anyway, I'm going to use this book, okay? So, but the theme, the, the, the verse is Jeremiah chapter 48. If there's any one verse I want to pull out, uh, use lots of verses in the book. And some, these books are available I just, we got all that we had left and we put them on a table out there and uh, you just can go pick one up. If you want to give a donation, you can. It'll go to the poor and starving kids, my grandkids, that are, that are uh, 
<laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> but uh, okay, so it's back there. If you if you can't don't have anything, pick one up and go home go home with it. Okay, but we're gonna uh, come back on this. But Jeremiah chapter forty eight, and what I want to do, and I had it ready to do it, and then I put my phone back down again. I want to read. Anybody have the amplified version on them? You do. Christy, is that you? Oh, on your phone. Okay, can you, can you read nice and loud? I'm sorry. You have, you have it already? I, I saw this hand over. All right, go ahead, she said. So would, can you read real loud? And I don't know if he turned it on. I saw him turn it off. Were you turning it off or on then? Oh, so Okay. Just one verse, and that is verse 12, Jeremiah 48. Make sure it's the right one there. 12. Oh, you're doing real good. Don't tell me your eyes are as bad as mine. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, 12, no, 12. Yeah, right there. there That's 12. I can underline it. Where's 12? Right here. Oh, 11 then. Okay. <laughs> Moab has been at ease from her youth, and he has settled on his leases like wine, and he has not been drawn off from one vessel to another, neither has he gone into exile. Therefore, his taste remains in him, and his scent has not changed. Okay, this is one of those verses that if you're not careful, thank you very much for that. Uh, if you're not careful, you could be reading the book of Jeremiah and this particular chapter, and you could just uh, read on right through this and on past it. And yet, this is really, if you read the whole chapter, you find out that this stands out a little bit separate from the rest of the ch verses. And that says something a little bit more specific. And it deals with Moab, which was always uh, an enemy of Israel, and of course was always an enemy of God. There's always been a thorn in the flesh to Israel all their lives, the Moabites that were there. But some of the key words, as we look at it again, you're looking at that verse, has been at ease. Has been at ease. In other words, just kind of laid back. Uh, maybe you get a sense of not motivated to do much uh, from his youth. He has settled on his dregs, or he has settled on the sediment. Uh, and I'll get into that in a minute. So settled on the sediment, has not been emptied from vessel to vessel. Talking about, really, the transformation process involves being emptied from one vessel to another vessel. And every time you're emptied from one vessel, and I'll explain all this in one minute, one, minute, one vessel to another vessel, the liquid becomes pure and clearer, okay? Uh, the dregs or the sediment they settle to the bottom, you empty it carefully into another bottle, and then if it's still cloudy, it will settle again, and you do that until it becomes clear. That's kind of the picture getting here. Nora's gone into captivity, therefore his taste, and here's, here's the real problem, has remained in him, and his scent has not changed. He hasn't changed. Settled in, laid back. Uh, not much concerned about moving ahead and changing his life. 
Now, this is dangerous for a believer. It's dangerous for anyone, really. But truly, it's dangerous for a believer to not allow God to activate the process of sanctification and transformation in your life continually. Because that's when problems begin to uh, come up in your life. And let me tell you how this happens. Personal story. It was, I was serving the Lord from 1971 until this is 1992 when uh, I wrote this book and did this particular series of teachings. And I had a habit in those days of driving on Sunday mornings uh, west of here toward Boulder along the Flatiron. So I'd go out Indiana, I'd hit about 120th, you know where I'm at there, there's a T, I'd turn toward Boulder and then just pull off to the side of the road there Early in the morning, the sun had just come up at some time, uh, Sunday morning. Uh, most of the days were beautiful when I did. I didn't go up there in bad weather. And just that view is, is tremendous view. But I, and I pray there and, and just try to either wrap up the message or sometimes I didn't have the message. <laughs> Quite honest with you, Sunday morning when you don't have a message, I mean, that's tough. I want to tell you right now, you're sweating and you're, uh, well, anyway, it's, it's, it's something, you kind of, it's a love-hate relationship with that, you know, feeling, you know. So, uh, and as I, I just had a, something going on in my life and it was a, I just wasn't free and for the first time in 20 years now, 20 years, I begin to feel some dissatisfaction in my life. I mean, I had come, I've been on a high. What I came out of and what God did for me, I was rejoicing over. I could dance over at any moment over that. I mean, I, I knew where I was headed. I knew where I could have been. And I knew God's grace that had been delivered to me. And I was a very excitable person about it. So for this kind of dissatisfaction, and then came with the dissatisfaction some frustration. And with some frustration, a change in attitude. And if you're careful, these things will all add up. And, and I didn't know what was going on. And, and whereas I, I've been struggling over this for a couple of weeks, but without physical tears that were visible to anyone, this particular time, I just broke down in the car and I just bawled, I just cried. And uh, I didn't know what was going on. I said, God, and I don't know what is going on in my life. And uh, the Lord just spoke very clearly, softly to me. It's because you haven't been changing. And I quickly responded back, but Lord, I don't know where to change. Oh, it was like a bolt of lightning came in the car. I said the wrong thing. No, I really did. I said, I don't know where to change. Now, here I am telling the Lord that probably in that, to me, I was saying, well, I've done, I think, about all the changes that I need to do, you know, and uh, I think it come pretty far, and this is pretty good. And you might not consciously be saying that or saying it, but that was in me. That was all in this phrase or statement, words that I was saying. So when that bowl of lightning came in, I knew I was under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and I knew that was it. That was my problem right there, the frustration, uh, the, everything else, the change in attitude, 
uh, all of that was because I was wrestling with, I had settled in on my lease. I had settled at a place in my walk where I pretty well was happy with myself and I was happy with where I'd come from and where I was at that particular time and it's not where God wanted me to be. And he certainly didn't want me to hang around that particular place much longer. That was obvious to me right away. So I actually went to the pulpit. And for those of you who were around in those days, if you remember, I started a series of messages on change. And how many of you remember how many weeks I preached on that? Does anybody? 16 weeks. I preached for the next 16 weeks on change. That's how much I got into it. And out of that 16-week series, then came the result of that was this book later on. I just felt I needed to. Someone convinced me that I needed to, to do that. So that's kind of how it came about. But within that story, I hope you're picking up some things there that can, what can happen to us. And I don't care who you are, it can happen to you. It's not most likely someone's on fire for God in the beginning and changes are happening and you're excited about your new walk with the Lord and this new revelation of God's in your heart and life and you're seeing things happening. That, that's, that's, the, that's the high of the walk. That really is a, it's a great time. It's a time of great grace. It's where time when God over, you don't realize it, but he's overlooking a whole lot of things in that time of grace. You know, he's not going to come down hard in the beginning and put the squeeze on you uh, right at the beginning. No, God doesn't deal that way. He does gently. He speaks softly to us. It's a small, still voice that's going to direct your life. So, so th those first weeks or months or even years could even go into more than that can be exciting. But it's when you get down the road a little bit in your walk where you without even realizing it, you're not changing. The transformation has stopped. And uh, that's, we have to preempt that somehow. <laughs> Before the frustration and the wrong attitudes, and maybe that gives you a sign, but wouldn't it be nice if we could preempt a whole lot of these things through God's Word and maybe more sensitivity to God's Spirit? Now, it's inevitable that we're always going to face things that are going to challenge us to change, but I think that we could avoid a whole lot of battles, if you will, if we would be more sensitive to God's Spirit and His voice speaking to us and us responding to Him, and if we were more open to reading His Word and responding to His Word in obedience, we would see, I think, success in, in our walk there. How many understand what I'm saying there? So I, I think that is true. So, so as a result of that, I want to explain this process here and give you a visual of this because this so helped me. And, and, and from the time that God gave it to me until this day, I think of this often. I often think of this picture, this visual that we get from this particular verse. And I'm going to give it to you. Now, I didn't take time to really bring the bottles out and all like that, but I think you can uh, see, visualize these bottles. It's a process of winemaking. Now, I, I imagine there's several different ways. I never made wine, so I don't really know what the process is, but I read and how they did it in that particular day that they were doing it. So what they would do is they take the grapes, and you have the initial 
crushing of the grapes and then the, that initial juice that comes out at the beginning, they would put that in a jar of some sort. And let's just say it was a, a, a gallon jar at this particular time. And the shape could have been anything that's in your mind right now would be the shape that bottle was. And when it's first put in there, what you have is you still have a lot of the, the skin and the sediment and, and some of the impurities of that first crushing. You might even have some toenail jam in there and things like that be the way they do it. I just threw that in for free so to keep you away. But that all was in that bottle. And the winemaker, being the, 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 the master winemaker that he would be, lets that bottle sit for a period of time and could sit on a shelf, and then after a period of time, when he sees that that probably, everything that's going to be done with that first particular bottle has been done. It's not going to be totally pure, but he realizes that there's sediment sitting on the bottom, and it's time to pour it into another vessel. So he would take it and then pour it into another vessel, very, very careful, carefully not to stir up the sediment, uh, to bring imperfection to what has already been somewhat cleansed, okay? We still with me there? We pour in another bottle, and, and so you have a clearer, but still there's a period of time when he allows it to sit again. So let's say that goes on two, three, four times until he comes out with what seemingly is the, the purest of it. Now, if the process is done right, everything works out. The sediments are thrown away, bottles are cleaned, and you end up with a, with a good bottle of wine. But this particular verse says that something was wrong with the process. Moab had not allowed the process to work. And I, and I think that's for us. Are we allowing the process, process of transformation to work in our lives? Are we allowing God to empty us from vessel to vessel? Are, are, we, are we moving on from one place to another place at the master's bidding? In other words, as he wants to pour us into another bottle, do we fight it? Now, I know a lot of people, now, let's be honest right now, how many do not like change? Just it's, You don't have to be ashamed of it all. There are some people, okay, so we have quite a bit. Mark, you don't like change? Yeah? Yeah, I think you do. Oh, I was going to say, it would be hard to see that you didn't like change. Oh, you're talking about Noel. <laughs> okay, I got you. Mark's over there, I'm thinking, I know a little bit about his personality and type he is. But anyway, so there's some people really thrive on change. It's kind of like a challenge, and it's like, come on, bring it on. Let's do it. And, uh, and others, and that doesn't mean one's better than the other, okay? Uh, but change, you can fight that change. Even in moving houses or take you forever to make a decision, you know, that, and, and things like that, things are different. Well, in the process of transformation and God perfecting us and purifying us and bringing us into the image of Christ, uh, we have to be very careful how we handle the working of, of God. And again, His grace is there and his, his patience is there with us, but we have to know when God is speaking and, and when to move and when He wants us to change and go on to something. So Moab is at ease from his youth. He settled in on those. He has not been emptied vessel, vessel. So what happened? Therefore, his taste remained in him. His taste, in other words, 
the old Moab or the old taste, the old whoever it is, remained. So because the person's not changing, there's still a, a taste, a smell, and his scent has not changed. Now, without getting too detailed into all this, I want you to just get this picture in a very simplistic way, is that, that what happens is that, that this uh, settling, too, letting it go too much longer, it, this begins to work up into the bottle again. Okay, so the sediments, the dregs, whatever you want to call it, begin to work themselves back up into what has supposedly been purified to a certain extent. And I don't know about you, but how many people do you know in a very personal way that this has happened to them in their walk, walk, walk with the Lord? You've seen them change. You've seen the purification, transformation take place in their life. Man, they're not what they used to be. But all of a sudden, man, they're just the, the old scent's coming back. The old smell's coming back. You know, and it, why is that? I think it's because of this. I think it's because what was happening to me, why was my attitude being affected is because of the frustrations and da-da-da-da-da allowed to happen in my life. So that's why I say it's dangerous for us not to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in trying to transform us and bring something new in our lives. And all of us could use that in our lives. So let me just uh, take a moment and highlight. I just picked out a, a few things and highlighted them today. And I'm just going to uh, read some verses here. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20 and 21. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. To me, this points out the fact, and he's talking about this great house. Now, when Paul is writing here, talking about a great house, there's only one great house, and that's God's house. Uh, you know, so he's talking about the great house. Even in God's house, there are vessels of honor, and there are vessels of dishonor. There really are. There are people who have, have made the commitment to be born again, initially transform, but they're really at a place where they're not bringing honor to God because they're not changed or transformed and rather being a testimony for the working of God's power in their life, the opposite is happening. Now you can argue with me saying, well, were they ever born again for that to happen? Well, I've seen some born again, no believers, they love the Lord and have gone back and that scent came back on them and bad attitudes and things like that happen. No longer bringing honor to God, but by their words and by the things they do, actually bringing dishonor to the name of Christ and Christianity and the church. You still with me and follow along with me on that? And that's what can happen. That's what Paul is saying here about it. Uh, frustration <laughs> can set in real easy. Uh, the chapter, one chapter in here, without change, you begin to stink. I made them real simple. You know, it's just, that's what the chapter is called. You begin to stink. And that's what Jeremiah is saying here, is that that stench, the winemaker has the experience and knows how to empty. Now, let me just talk to you about some of the um, vessels 
possible vessels that God would use or that, that he, he, he's using here. I, I told you to visualize any particular vessel that you have in your mind. Let's pick that as the first bottle. But let's say there's one vessel, uh, and you could call it the vessel of, uh, well, you could call, call it just about anything you want to, but my point I'm trying to make is that the vessels God uses are life's experiences. That's the vessels. They're life experiences. And what life's experiences might be, how many know that there's times in your life when everything is just going as smooth as silk? You know, they're just moving as smooth as silk. And there are other times it's just like when it rains, it pours. You know, and just saying, well, I think vessels could be described that way also, is that you might have a particular uh, you want a glass of water or something, hon? No? Okay. I guess not. The, uh, but the, the uh, one particular vessel you might find be a clear vessel that God might be using. But another vessel might be dark glass. That could represent times of darkness or loneliness in your life. Not necessarily darkness from the enemy, just a, just a dark time in your life. It just seems like you know, things are not as clear, and you're not, heaven is not answering you, you know, responding to you. You just feel like there's a loneliness, and yet that vessel God is using to do something in us that he couldn't do if we were in a clearer vessel we could see clearly. So there's times in your life, in your walk, where you won't see so clearly in your walk. That doesn't mean you're on the wrong path. It just might mean that for a time period, God has you in that vessel. Now, how you respond in that vessel is going to determine how you come out at the end, whether you're going to be clear, pure in your spirit or not. You still following me here? Yeah. It could deter. Now, if in those times when you're not seeing, you begin to complain, you begin to murmur, you begin to get a little resentful, you know, God, I've done so much for you type attitude. Why would this be happening to me? Etc., etc. And you know what happens? You're shaking the bottle as you're, you're fighting the process. And as you're fighting the process, the bottle's being shaken. And guess what's being shaken? The old you is coming back into play. Ouch is right. <laughs> I, I don't like it at all. And I'm talking about myself. I don't like the old me coming into play. And, and it's because that time, rather than just accepting it as a time that the Lord has you in, rather just cooperating with the Holy Spirit, trusting at that particular moment, not shaking the bottle, but allowing the Holy Spirit, still seeing no answers, but allowing, you still following me? rather than shaking it up, fighting it, you know. Uh, and then that old just seems to come back in, and uh, you might have to wait a little longer. And so what I'm saying is that they're all shapes of bottles. They're all colors of the different bottles. They're all types of life's experiences that we have, that we go through. But each and every one of them is a vessel that God is using 
to sanctify, purify, bring transformation in our life. That's where transformation happens. It does not happen Sunday morning, Wednesday night, at a prayer meeting on Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning. Transformation doesn't happen then. Oh, does some transformation? Sure, just the act of obedience of being there. But you know what I'm saying. That it happens out there. You know, it happens as a bank teller. It happens as a construction worker. It happens when you're a lawyer. And, and one particular day, <laughs> you might be in one vessel. And another particular week, you're in a different vessel. And it's just how do you handle the vessels that God is working in your life is going to determine how you're going to transform and grow. Okay? With me so far? And it's this principle that... that uh, Moab is bringing, bringing out here about Moab. Now, let me give you a couple of things about the process. There's three ways that you can th go through, and this is, I'm, I'm reading it right out of here. Uh, there are three ways you can go through the pouring process. Two of them are negative, and the one is positive. Okay? The first negative one is this. A way of going through the process I said it a little bit, is to submit to change but fight God all the way through it. That's summing up some of what I said there. You just fight God all the way through it. Uh, God's trying to move you on. It might be a new job. Might be a, it could be anything trying to move you on, maybe from one relationship that you shouldn't be in. You know, uh, trying to move you, but you're fighting them. It's just the fighting. The second way is not to allow brokenness to occur in you, although you do not fight the changes, you simply endure what is happening and you pout. So you're saying, okay, I've learned a long time ago not to fight against God, I'm not going to win. But I don't like it. And I'm going to pout, you know, and I'm going to just go around with the sourpuss. You follow what I'm saying here? So it's like, so there's no brokenness you're not allowing the, the brokenness. You're not allowing the old be broken. Uh, so you pout. Why do I have to, why does it have to be this way, Lord? You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then there's accepting the change. And that's basically accepting the change but refusing to learn from it. It's a form of rebellion. It's a form of rebellion through resentment. Rebellion through resentment. Uh, there's an obedience on the outside, but resentment and resistance on the inside. Now, here's where Christians come into play. It's hypocritical, but a lot of people are coming week after week after week, and on the outside, you think there's an obedient life that they're living, but they're really not. There's resistance and resentment in their life. It's rebellion. They're rebelling against God and not going to follow. So that's a dangerous one. Their sin has remained in them. And then the third way is to accept the change, embrace whatever brokenness God wants this vessel to bring about in you. So it's accepted, and also with the accepting of it, allow the brokenness. Now, the title here, if it's not broken, break it. This was a working title, Change the Stairway to Spiritual Maturity. I wanted my friend John Hagee to write the foreword to it. So 
I called him on the telephone and I simply said, John, I would like you to write the forward to the book. He said, explain it to me. So just on the phone there, I explained the, just about some of the things I explained to you. And he said, if it's not broken, break it. Just like that. And it hit me like, that's the title. And he laughed a little. I said, no, John, that will be the title of the book. Now write the forward. <laughs> so we wrote the forward. And uh, for it, because there is a verse, and I, I'm going to get to this next week. I, I, I'm trying to break this down where I'm going to go next week. But get to this way, that you can come to the rock and fall on the rock and submit yourself to the rock, or you can allow the rock to fall on you. It's a lot easier to come and fall, and it basically you could call it the cross. I want to talk about this next week a little bit. You come to the cross because it all happens at the cross. It's always got to go back to the cross. I might repeat this next, next week. But you always have to go back to the cross. Because what happens at the cross? Death. So it's a death to the old and the resurrection to the new. So you always have to go back to the cross. And you know when you go back to the cross? When you and your wife get in a little bit of disagreement. That could turn into a lot of bit of disagreement. If you follow, you, you all know that I'm married. I don't have to say it's just, but it's just, so somebody has to take the initiative to go to the cross. <laughs> yeah, it got real quiet. But isn't it true? And the quicker you go to the cross, the more the quicker you get a resolution, you move on to something else. How many times have I, and I could kick myself, have spent so much time avoiding going to the cross for the transformation? And all God's trying to do, even in the conflicts, is transform us. Make us more Christ-like, more loving, more gentle, more long-suffering, more patient. All these things. You talk about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. When you get the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, those fruits are there. But I want to tell you, there are a lot of Christians I know that have them really hidden. <laughs> Buried. <laughs> they're, 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 they're there because they have the Holy Spirit. I have to say, they have the Holy Spirit, those fruits of the Holy Spirit. But boy, have they buried them. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. You've got all kind of junk piled on top of these things. And that's what God wants to get rid of. All that junk to purify that vessel. That is, that is going to work. So it's that, it's that going to the cross that really is going to make a difference in our lives. Now, I want to, I'm going to stop right there. Uh, it's a short, was that short? If it was, no. I, I wanted you to get that in your head and uh, get the book. If you don't have any money, just take a book and you want to read some of it. But I want you to think about for next week the transformation being transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind. There's a lot of areas that we can get into here. I just didn't want to get into another one and take us past our time. But the whole Bible teaches about, both Old and New Testament, the, the significance, the importance of our lives being changed and actuating or allowing the, the, the power of God's Spirit See, it's the power of God's Spirit that brings change in our lives. And I will get into this too, but I'll, I'll mention it. 
It's nothing you can do through self-discipline. And, and so many Christians start out realizing it's the power of God, and then they go into this self-discipline uh, response. Well, I'm going to do this, this, and this. Listen, it started with the power that comes from the cross. It will end with the power that comes from the cross. It's always through the power of God. And, and it, that is simply giving up of our own trying to make it right and allowing God by His Spirit to change us. Almost going back to being childlike in our walk and response to God, even though we've been walking with Him 30 or 40 years, is just saying, God, I cannot do it. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing macho about saying, I can do it. You know, I'll pull boots up. You know, I'm just going to pull it together. There's nothing macho about that at all. Uh, to me, the person who humbles himself at the cross is one of the most macho people there can be. You know, Moses <clears throat> was a mild-mannered man, but he was tough, too. You know, he was tough, too, so you can have both. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.